Welcome to the playbook presented by Fan Food, a discussion around how leaders are modernizing today's customer experience through technology in sports, entertainment, and hospitality. I'm your host, Rob Cressy. And joining me today is TJ Ansley, Director of Digital Media at the Columbus Blue Jackets. TJ, great to have you on the show. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me. Can you give a quick overview on who you are and what you do? Sure. So my name is TJ Ansley, uh, originally from Ohio, and I work for the Columbus Blue Jackets now as Director of Digital Media. So everything with social, website, um, content throughout the app, website, all that kind of stuff. So uh, a lot of stuff coming our way and definitely in, uh, in a different time right now. So uh, it, it's been fun so far. So that's what we're going to talk about is sort of the different time we're in now, but we're also going to look forward and see what we can do to make things better because certainly you guys are on the cutting edge of things. So let's start with this. How do the Blue Jackets think about fan engagement? Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's definitely something that's always on top of our mind. Um, you know, we're, we're in Columbus. Um, you know, the monster in the room is Ohio State. So a lot of Ohio State fans in the area. Um, and our job is to kind of cut through that. And, you know, we're not a traditional hockey market, but hockey is growing tremendously in Ohio. Um, not only Columbus, but Cleveland, Cincinnati, Dayton. You know, there's rinks popping up everywhere, and they're, they're making investments in those, uh, you know, those youth programs and, uh, you know, uh, adult leagues that are around. So p- more and more people are, are growing into the, the game of hockey. On our end, we kind of – want to make sure that we're engaging with our fans, uh, especially because, you know, we're only in our 20th season. So we're one of the fairly new franchises, not named, uh, you know, Seattle or Vegas. So um, we try to, you know, not only educate the fans, but also be with them when they're playing when, when we're playing, when we're trying to, you know, we've been in the playoffs for, I think, four, four or five straight years. Um, which is a, a great thing to be in. Our next step is to get further, get into that second round, get into the third round, and, you know, eventually win the Stanley Cup. But, you know, our job with social and digital is to always engage with the fan, making sure that what we're putting out there is not just, hey, here's just a post. We want to make sure the graphics are right, if sponsors are involved, what we need to do to, you know, make them happy always live by the three rules. Is it good for the fans? Is it good for the organization? Is it, you know, good for the sponsor? So if all three of those work, I think, you know, you get the most out of your engagement with that. Um, you know, I, I was, we were talking a little bit before uh, one of my friends and colleagues, uh, Jeremy McPeak, uh, he had a really good point. You know, why not just go in and just talk to the fans, you know, after a win, they're posting pictures of them celebrating, you know, go comment on those or like them. Um, you know, it, it doesn't take that long to, to do that after a win as you know, you're always doing more and more things, but uh, that's a really good way to engage. And it's really easy to do. I'm curious if there is a movement or an opportunity with what you just said, 
what if the players could engage with the fans? So I know players have their own brands and they're different from the team. But I think one thing that me as a sports fan would love is, could you imagine if one of the players of your team after a victory saw who was on Twitter? Because I think Twitter may be one of the best platforms to do it because it's very real-time conversational. But it would give a surprise and delight factor where maybe if someone uh, comments on one of the Blue Jackets posts boom here comes one of the players and of course there'd be some coordination around that but it's something that i've never seen done before is that ever a possibility so funny you say that like most of our players are in instagram they're younger they want to be you know uh, instagram kind of skews that way for us um they do comment on things that we do post so when there is a win um because we have a, you know, our name is Blue Jackets. It's not because it's a, a bug. It's, you know, representative of the Civil War. Uh, the Blue Jackets that the uh, Union Army made were made in Columbus. So that's the name of the, that's the whole thing about that. <laughs> we don't want to get too far into that one. Um, but we give away a hat, a Civil War type hat. Um, to the best player uh, and they do it internally in in the uh, in the locker room and it's not anything that we had anything to do with it just kind of happens that way other NHL teams do something similar to that but every time they do that they'll go in there and we'll post uh, a video from the locker room so when we post that in there sometimes the other players will kind of go in there and give a little jab to that player in the comments or something like that so they're kind of naturally doing it anyway um, you know, but I do like that approach where if it's a fan that's, you know, saying, Hey, good job, Nick Felino, like he should be able to go in there and say, Hey, thanks for supporting us. Way to be there. Um, that it's a really good idea. I think we should, we'll, we'll bring that up. <laughs> because from a brand building perspective, I think one of the biggest opportunities on the athlete side is right now their heat is never going to be hotter than, than when they are playing with Columbus or in the NHL. So it's a matter of awareness. The more that I can be in the awareness of the Blue Jackets feeds or of the people who yeah. are fans, because guess what? Could you imagine if Nick Felino tweeted or IG commented to a fan? You know how many people you're going to tell about this, which yeah. sort of transitions to the next thing that I wanted to talk about that you mentioned is being in a non-traditional hockey market. And you gave some examples of ways that you grow, but I think this is an important thing because so often one of the biggest challenges in growing a business or a team or a league or an organization is the start. We can make excuses for why things do not happen, but you guys have been successful. And oh, by the way, OH, Ohio State is right there in your backyard. So you have a built-in in terms of like, well, you know what? But guess what? You guys are growing. So I'm curious, what are some other tactics that maybe more um, universal that someone listening to this can say, hey, if I'm going to grow something in a non-traditional market, here's some things I can think about doing. Sure. No, it's a, it's a good point. We're, you know, in the thick of that right now. And, you know, obviously we don't know what this next season will be like, um, whether there's all fans, half fans, quarter, whatever we do. But, um, you know, our goal is always to sell tickets, to get sponsorships, because that's how we run. Um, on the ticket side, we want to make sure, hey, because, you know, there's 100,000 people that go to a game at Ohio Stadium almost every other week in the fall. 
how do we get those fans to even think about the Blue Jackets? Because they're most likely 75% of those people are all from Ohio. Well, we're in Ohio too. Let's, you know, our entertainment value is just as good or even better. So how do we reach those fans if they're straight football fans? How do we get them to come to a game, experience it, and then move them up that ladder um, to get them into, you know, quarter season tickets, half season tickets, full season tickets. So the, the main, I think, you know, a lot of the goal for social and digital is to kind of showcase our experience because, I mean, I can name one other team, which is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have a cannon in their arena or stadium. We have one too. And it is, I, Rob, I don't know if when you were at Miami, did you, did you ever come to a Blue Jackets game? I did not. So that actually, I don't think the Blue Jackets, the Blue Jackets That's, may have just started when I was leaving Miami. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's something to behold, even uh, players that are on the ice for warmups and the cannon goes off, it scares them. So it's a pretty cool thing to have. So, you know, us highlighting the cannon that's in there, um, all of, you know, the, the opening credits, the, the highlight videos, us pushing that out to say, hey, this is hard hitting, exciting, loud, you know, but also we're trying to reach those, like I said, Ohio State fans, maybe families, uh, to just come out to enjoy it and see what it's like because – I'm sure if they experience it, they're going to come back. So, uh, like I said, we're trying to reach all of those fans within Ohio. You know, I, I like to say we're not only Columbus, but we're the Ohio Blue Jackets, honestly. So, there's, there's lots of towns in here that, you know, people come from Springfield. They come from Dayton. They come from Cleveland, um, Cincinnati. So, we're here to kind of be that franchise that kind of gets people excited. I believe the pandemic and the ways that teams and leagues and brands have had to evolve digitally is going to end up becoming a positive for us because we're going to have to get better at evolving digitally. But I'm curious from your perspective on how you showcase that experience digitally, because anyone who's ever been to a hockey game and certainly the first time you go, Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the most beautiful things because when you've watched hockey on TV or you've never watched it, you're like, okay, whatever you go there and it's a little bit cooler in the building And then you see the speed in which the players are skating around and you can feel the hits and the boards making noises. And you're like, Whoa, it is a completely different thing. And the best thing that I could compare it to would be going to a NASCAR race for the first time where the experience in arena or in stadium is just mind blowing and using that cannon is a great example. What can you guys do to digitally transfer that? Because the in arena experience is so unique and it's so heart pounding in the best way possible. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Because the first time you go to a game, it is completely different watching hockey in person than it is on TV. I mean, we have, great technology. We can get as close as we can with it, but you just being there and feeling the chill in the air and that kind of stuff in the arena is something that, you know, that that's what I was trying to refer to before you, you know, we're grabbing those people right away and hopefully they're coming back. What's, you know, some of the things that we do, you know, we have a really great video person that, uh, that helps us during games for social. 
he is on the glass. He's got a, you know, if you ever see it, there's a hole in the glass that you can kind of take a little thing out and put your camera through. Uh, he's down there. He's on the bench right before the game. So he's getting right there because, you know, really hockey is different than any other sport where there is glass between the players and the fans. Football, there isn't. Baseball, well, they're kind of trying to with the nets and everything. Uh, basketball, definitely not. You're basically – if you have courtside seats for, for basketball, you're like, you know, you could reach out and touch somebody if you need to. So that's the one way that it's a little bit different. You know, we want to get that video person in there, get the photos that are really close, really showing the hits, showing the, you know, the slap shots that are insane. You know, hockey players are only on ice – at times for a minute or two, and then they're, they shift. So you have to get that moment right away. Um, you know, I've been, I worked in the NBA and I was there for Damian Lillard's 0.9 shot. Um, forget what year it was, but you know, you as a social person, you have that lead in you, you know, that came from a timeout to an out of bounds play. So you're getting ready. You're making sure things are in place. You're, you're making sure the video person's ready. In hockey, you know, you could go into overtime as soon, you know, you could be done in two seconds and you don't have everything right away. So the speed of that the hockey game is insane. And you just got to make sure everything's in place right away because you could miss that entire, that entire thing. One thing I just realized when thinking about the in arena experience of what I like so much about it comes to one thing, the community. I love being part of hockey and hockey fans because when you go to a game, you're seeing the overwhelming majority of the people there wearing Blue Jackets gear or jerseys or hats. And it feels good to be around other like-minded people. And then I thought about sort of you're in Columbus and Ohio State. Well, that's one of the biggest communities you have, period. And it's a series of communities that are extremely inclusive where Columbus Blue Jackets becomes your friend and you're among other people. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious on the way that you guys think about almost segmenting fans because hockey is one where – I see it as very binary. It's diehards or regulars, but if you're out of a market, you're not you're not watching a ton. So I'm from Pittsburgh originally, and I live in Chicago, uh, and I went to school at Miami of Ohio. All huge hockey programs or markets. So for me, I'm all in on hockey. But find someone who is from a state or a city where hockey is not part of their lexicon and it's nowhere in their orbit. There, of course, lies the opportunity. And I'm curious how you guys think about the niche fan versus the person who may just go for an experience versus the diehard and how that sort of comes in your mix. Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think, you know, because we were such a new franchise and, you know, I was in the same boat with you. Like I was in college in 2000 when the Blue Jackets came. I wasn't in the state. So I knew they were here. You know, I'd come down, visit my friends at Ohio State, and maybe we'd go to a game. So eventually, you know, as you grow up and kind of get to know the players more and it's, you know, it's a little bit different of a – hockey player walking down the street than a, you know, starting quarterback for an NFL team. You know, I don't think uh, Baker Mayfield could walk down the street and not somebody recognize them where hockey is a little bit different. They're, they're kind of on their own. They, you know, they're, 
they're more most of our uh, uh, our roster is foreign, so they're they're out there. So it's our goal to tell those stories of those people. And like you know, Nick Felino is a family man. Cam Atkinson's a family man, and they they've been around for a while. So you know, to get to not only just coming to a game for the first time, that's our introduction to say, come experience it, follow us on social, check us out on the website, download the app. Then we got them. Then we want to move them to the next rung. So, you know, go buy a jersey when you come to the next game or buy a, a T-shirt and you're walking around and you see them at the mall or something like that. Then you're kind of, you know, snowballing into kind of that lifelong fan, which – you know, I actually just read a proposal today, you know, just trying to get those Gen Zers to try to to get more involved into hockey because it's not everybody plays hockey. It's it's a very tough sport to get into because it requires a lot of money. There's a, a lot of gear that you're wearing. And then also, you know, it's not like basketball or football where you can just, you know, pick up a ball and go outside and play. You have to find a rink. You have to find time on that rink and there's not many rinks. So how do you get them involved? And, you know, you don't have to play to like the game. I've, I can, I can't even skate. We have open skating times at, at work sometimes. And I look like a deer just kind of on skates over there. So, um, but yeah, it's, you know, it, there's different evolutions, you know, get them to come to a game, get them to stay, come back, do more things. And, you know, social is that part that kind of keeps that engine going and keeps them entertained. And, you know, that's why I'm saying, like, when we go back and comment on somebody's post, that gets them to say, hey, oh, hey, Blue Jackets are still there. Let's let's check them out for the next time. So, so to get specific and tactical with this, what you're saying is there are steps to building this relationship to get someone who may not be exposed to the blue jackets to yeah. slowly go up the ladder of the relationship and whether it's the in arena experience or anything digital or the players, you guys slowly, but surely are going to do what you can to create a positive brand interaction. And it doesn't mean the first time someone sees something in blue jackets, you're like buy season tickets. It's right. a gradual relationship building where, hey sometimes someone's first game may actually be a playoff game that the blue jackets win and they're hooked just like that or some people it might take a little bit longer to go through that cycle of a relationship because guess what that's how relationships are built exactly yeah it's we we did a we do a lot of giveaways and a lot of enter to wins not only for for tickets but for you know signed sticks or pucks or anything like that um one of the giveaways we did was for the Stanley Cup playoff uh, game one of, I forget what year it was, but I mean, we had thousands of entries. If we would have done that in the regular season, you know, a few hundred maybe, but you know, since the, there's not a lot going on at that time in Columbus with uh, sports. So it, people just gravitate towards it and they want to be part of it. They know once you hit that, those, uh, those playoffs, it just magnifies what you're going to do. So let's look forward, and of course, we don't know uh, what things are going to look like for the upcoming season, but eventually fans will be getting back into arenas. So let's start thinking about what the experience is going to look like. And I know one thing you and I talked about previously was cashless and how it is one opportunity to improve the customer experience. Can you uh, expand a little bit more upon that? 
Sure. It's, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that'll probably change. Um, you know, us not knowing schedule, you know, anything like that, or even when we're starting, um, you know, we're just waiting. It seems, you know, it's going to be the same for us where we push things out digitally. We get information of when games are, um, the, you know, we don't know how many people will be in the stands. So, you know, as, uh, not only, social but digital which is website and mobile app and everything uh we need to make sure that's portrayed correctly on our website so people when they do have questions of like hey you know i'm not able to come to this game or i don't feel comfortable coming to these type of games which hopefully that's not the case because we'll make every effort to make sure everything is you know safe healthy everything for fans to be there um but we also have to abide by rules by governments and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, making sure everything's correct on our website. Uh, you mentioned cashless. We, I, I, I'm not part of that conversation, but I know that it is, it is happening throughout the, uh, um, some higher ups and some uh, technical people. Uh, but you know, we do have a mobile app, you know, how do you make sure that that's all connected and making sure that, you know, when you go buy concession stands, do we have Apple Pay or, you know, you know, can I use my credit card? Or one that I just heard of was you can actually exchange cash for a certain type of card, which I thought was interesting. I think the Browns were doing that. Um, so you're basically going with a, a Browns looking debit card that you can go buy uh, food, gear, whatever you need to. So I thought that was a really interesting concept. Um, but yes, we are you know, an avenue to make sure that people are safe, healthy, all that kind of, uh, you know, get all the correct information and not just showing up at the game and expecting something normal. And how do you manage expectations? And certainly uh, all things digital are opportunities to create touch points. But I think that's going to be one of the biggest challenges is managing expectations because people come in in different mindsets. Some people don't care. Some people completely care. Who's coming in when the, yeah. gate, when the gates first open? Who's waiting two years? So how do you guys sort of manage those expectations? Well, I think that goes down to, you know, making sure our ticket sales staff and service have all the correct info, are talking to our clients and season ticket holders to making sure, you know, they're getting the correct information too. It's not, uh, you shouldn't fully rely on digital to do that, but, you know, our, those service people are there to make sure things are running smoothly. Um, you know, if somebody does have issues where they don't want to come to a game, I'm sure they're out, you know, talking to our, our staff, making sure that they're, you know, taken care of. Um, you know, if it's, if it's our team store, if it's concessions, you know, making sure that there's posted signs, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I actually believe there is a huge opportunity right there because we've been forced to be so digital. What we actually miss is connection and human interaction. Yeah. Think about how many times now we've had to sit on hold on an automated phone tree or we push zero a hundred times and scream yeah. customer service at the phone. Well, guess what? Sometimes just talking to a person makes us feel so much better. And I think if we can add that human connection 
transition back into things. Certainly digital is always going to be there, but I believe doubling down on the in-person side of things is actually one of the tactics that will win because I want to feel that heartbeat from a person. And oh, by the way, we may get an answer quicker talking to a person and feel safer than we will something digital. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I, I, I believe that's what's going to happen is, you know, we're doing as much as we can on the digital side, whether it's tweets, posting on Facebook, updating the website, but I don't know if you actually look at it. So if you're coming to a game, you're like, okay, I just parked, got to come to the game. Do I need to wear my mask? Do I need to use sanitize, hand sanitizer when I come in? All that kind of stuff. Like, they're going to have that answer right away when you're right there. Hopefully by the time, you know, you don't have to do that all year because then people will kind of be accustomed to everything. But um, you know, other things that we're looking into is chat bots. Uh, you know, we have one on our website now, you know, and I think we're the, some of the stuff is being updated almost every other day with new information that we have. So that, that does help kind of alleviate some of that if it's just a simple question uh, but those longer questions of, you know, I have 40, you know, 45 games in my ticket plan. I can't come to all of these because I, you know, maybe I, we're not allowed to. So that's where the human interaction comes into play. And I think being proactive with this is something that everyone needs to be more on the ball of. And I also think we need to do this in a fun and engaging way because Think to if you've ever gone to Home Depot or Lowe's or some giant store where you're looking to get something answered and you can't find anyone. And even then you don't even know if you get the right answer. And how often has that experience been something where you come home and you're like, honey, you won't believe this. I had the best experience at Home Depot. This person helped me, man. They were amazing. I had so much fun. That never happens. And of course, we assume anyone we're going to encounter from the Blue Jackets is going to be able to help us. But what if we had the standard of elevating that experience, knowing that the people coming in, they might be a little bit more cautious or timid than they were a year ago. Because if you think about our mindset going into a game, and I live within walking distance of the United Center where the Blackhawks play, and there's a buzz pregame for arenas. That's one of the parts that's so fun and exciting is yep. – Maybe you go somewhere and you grab a beer and then you go and you're walking to the arena and you see the lights and the marquee and the people and there's a buzz and it feels so good. But now that sort of has been simmered a little bit. So what can we all do to say, well, wait a second, let's add some human interaction to add some more simmer to that. Yeah, no. And to that point, it's, you know, Columbus, their downtown area is not as maybe not as vibrant as some of what in Chicago, because not a lot of people live downtown as much as I do in the suburbs, but there is a, a really big difference when there is a game, you know, bars around there are packed uh, restaurants have, you know, you have to wait for a table and all that kind of stuff. You're walking into the arena, there's a band playing. So, you know, even if our games start in December, January this year, that pushes back towards the end of the season when we're marching to the playoffs. That gives us the opportunity even more because before we would be ending in, you know, early April and it's still maybe a little chilly here. So people could be outside, but now it could be, 
May, June before the end of the season, that gives us two or three, four months where we can have outside exposure. People won't be as nervous to go into an arena where they're maybe being uncomfortable with the, you know, sitting next to people or we have to be spaced out. So outside we could have bands, we could have, you know, uh, you know, a beer cart out there so we can kind of engage with our fans in a different way than we don't normally have. Last question for you. Uh, what has your attention right now looking forward, whether it's technology, social, digital, um, what has your eye that we should be on, uh, on alert for? Oh, great question. Um, you know, we're, you know, what I'm trying to do is trying to make our lives easier in the digital world. Um, as I mean, our team, um, you know, we're, cause we're all spaced out. We're, we're in, we're all in our homes. So we were covering the bubble games from our houses. So if we, you know, we're looking into different softwares that could help us cut highlights easier. Um, some softwares that could help us, we upload branded assets and create Instagram templates or t Twitter templates. And then that, that gets us into another realm where we can easily ingrain a sponsor without losing any of the engagement. Um, so I think that's one of the areas that I'm looking in. Um, but I do, you know, I'm not totally part of this, but the cashless part of it, once games start coming back is very interesting to me, making sure in arena signage is pointing to the right way that you need to go. Um, uh, lo the local soccer team, which I actually used to work for a long time ago, Columbus crew, they've had fans here for, I think maybe two months now. And they're very good about showcasing, Hey, these certain sections, they leave in this direction. So, they're very uh, cognizant of what's going on, making sure, you know, you're, that information is out there, whether it's email, um, website, social. So I'm sure we're going to, we're going to be getting into that um, just to, you know, making sure fans and everyone feels safe at games. And certainly at Fan Food, we are big believers in cashless and elevating the customer experience, making it better. TJ, really enjoyed jamming with you. Where can everybody connect with you? Uh, I'm on Twitter, um, at TJ Ansley, A-N-S-L-E-Y. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. It's more family stuff there. But uh, feel free to follow me there. Um, connect with me. I'm also on LinkedIn, same thing. Um, so yeah, find me anywhere. And as always, I would love to hear from you about this episode. You know what I'm curious about? Have you attended a hockey game live? And if so, what was your experience like? You can hit up FanFood on Twitter at FanFoodOnDemand, on Instagram at FanFoodApp, or on LinkedIn. And as always, you can hit me up on all social media platforms at Rob Cressy.